This is called Shrove Tuesday. Get into more of that in a minute. It's also called Pancake Day. I'll get into more of that in a minute. These are pancakes right here. They're not just any pancakes. They are Swedish pancakes. I learned how to make them when I was a little kid from my great aunt Fran. And they involve uh, butter and flour and butter and sugar and butter and milk and butter. And then you fry them in a griddle with butter. And then you put butter on them and um, syrup. Um, when the Bible says to taste and see that the Lord is good, this is one of the ways that we do that. Oh, today's called Shrove Tuesday. We're, we're walking together. We in the fellowship of the withered hand. We can't. God can. We think we'll let him. We're walking together through life, and we're learning a lot from Dallas Willard, his little book, Renovation of the Heart, How Change Actually is Possible. Tomorrow on Ash Wednesday, we'll begin this journey where we go through the different parts of personhood, our minds, our thoughts, our feelings, our wills, our bodies, our relationships with other people, our souls to be made new. Today we get ready for that. Shrove Tuesday is a day of preparation. Uh, and it's an interesting day. It's a combination of both experiencing joy, being festive, and um, preparing for change in ways that can be quite costly. So as you may know, Lent often involves, uh, in this process of preparation, things like fasting, I might give up something, uh, particular devotion to prayer, giving, being aware of other people and wanting to be generous towards them has is, is traditionally been a part of Lent. Show up Tuesday is the day before Lent, and so, uh, what would often happen in people's homes is they would take the things that they were not going to eat during the Lenten season, like butter and fat and sugar, and then pancakes was a simple way to use all that stuff up so it doesn't get wasted. So that's why in churches that observe the Lenten season, often on the day before Lent, Shrove Tuesday, uh, they will have pancakes. Now, the reason it's called Shrove Tuesday is an old verb. We don't use it much anymore, but it's a beautiful word, shrove or shrive. Um, shrove is the past tense, kind of like drove and drive. To shrive is something that a priest would do where I would go to the priest. Uh, in our case, we go to each other. We go to the fellowship of the withered hand and I confess these are the sins that I wrestle with and, uh, and then I'm given acts of penance. Now, the idea there isn't that I punish myself to get God to stop being mad at me. Um, it's a gift. That where I can engage in certain practices so that I become the kind of person that will no longer do those things that I don't want to do. And then I am offered absolution. Now that's another word that's strange for us. Absolution sounds like some kind of an exercise program for your core. We have your absolution. And uh, it really is for the core of us, but not the physical core for us, not just for our bodies, for our whole being to be absolved, to be freed of guilt and shame that cripple us. And that's why it's called Shrove Tuesday in preparation for Lent, to get ready for that. 
It's the end of a feast season and the beginning of a fasting season. I want to say a word about that because fasting and feasting are both very important. And Shrove Tuesday, in a way, kind of brings them together. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And then, God, what are you calling me to give up? What spiritual challenge are you calling me to embrace so that I can be changed? Now, the season in front of Lent actually began with what was called the Feast of Epiphany. And that marked the time when the Magi came and Jesus was uh, revealed to them. And the church remembered that because really that was the, the revelation of Jesus, of the goodness of God, of God's love made to the Gentiles, to people who were not part of little Israel. We might call that Diversity Day or Multi-Ethnicity Day. The idea that now there is going to be a community for spiritual transformation to be captivated by love and it will be available to everybody, Jew, Gentile, slave-free, male, female, um, barbarian, Roman, everybody. That captivated the church. In our day, we think diversity, multi-ethnic community would be a good thing, but we didn't originate it in our day. And so that would begin a process of feasting. Now, Feasting is a real important part of spiritual life. This goes way back to the Old Testament. Uh, There were three primary feasts, and they involved the Feast of Unleavened Bread, remembering the Passover, God delivered His people, and uh, the Feast of uh, Weeks. They waited seven weeks, about 50 days, and then they were at the foot of Mount Sinai, and God gave the law. God gave wisdom about how to live. And then Feast of the Booths, they were in the wilderness. God gave manna, kind of like little pancakes. And and the idea of a feast, see, is uh, there must be a reason to be festive, to be about something. And so in the church, you might have heard of the word carnival. And in... uh, New Orleans, they talk about Mardi Gras, that's Fat Tuesday. Those kind of festivals can look a little bit strange to us. And you may know, back in the medieval world, often they would involve uh, these odd uh, moments when for a day, a fool, a jester, would be made a king or a boy would be crowned as a bishop. And the idea of that is it was reflecting back. It's a really interesting book called Sacred Folly about the Feast of Fools where it wasn't, you know, like some frat party. The idea was it would remember the song of Mary's Magnificat, that God has cast down the rulers from their thrones and he's exalted the humble and everything's getting turned upside down. And we need to remember that. Charles Taylor in his book on the secular age has a fascinating section on carnival and these festivals and how they would often mock leadership And those feasts are needed to mock leadership. Order is important, but human authority is never ultimate. My kids used to mock me because, uh, particularly on Sundays, I would eat all day long as much as I could. But because I would also preach on Sundays, often while I was preaching, I would have to pause because I had to deal with digestion management. And they always knew when that was happening and they would mock me. It's a good thing for leaders to be mocked sometimes, to remember It's terribly important to say, here is the word of the Lord. Terribly important to take that as seriously as I can, but not to take myself seriously, not to take my own authority seriously. And that's important that we do not ultimize human authority, human governments, totalitarian governments do so much damage. And in the church too, if the church, in a sense, we hear a lot about deconstruction in our day, that's what some of those festivals like the Feast of Fools were about. If we don't deconstruct the church, 
somebody else will do it. And we do it so that we can reconstruct the gospel. But then on Shrove Tuesday, we're getting ready for this tremendous season to walk together to the cross with Jesus. And we want our souls to be shriven. There's a little phrase you might have heard of that's connected with this. To give something short shrift is not to pay sufficient attention to it. And that's actually a phrase that's used in Shakespeare. Uh, character Lord Hastings was going to be executed. And uh, people going to execution would be given an opportunity to examine their souls and confess their sins. And that was called a shrift. But he was told to make it a short shrift because uh, the Duke of Gloucester, who was overseeing the execution, wanted to get home for dinner. So to give something short shrift, not to pay much attention to it, but the shrift that we make to examine our souls is worthy of our best attention, of our best focus. And that's what we get ready for as we approach Lent. There's a beautiful, beautiful poem by Longfellow about this proud, arrogant king, King Robert, who hears a chant about how God cast down the powerful from their thrones. And he says, well, no power can cast me down, but one does. An angel actually comes and takes his place, and he has to be a jester and lives in a prison and is humbled for years until one Easter, the power of the resurrected Christ comes to him. And that angel comes back to him again and asks him the question, Art thou the king? He would always say in pride before, I'm the king. But this time, bowing down his head, King Robert crossed both hands upon his breast and meekly answered him, Thou knowest best. My sins as scarlet are. Let me go hence, and in some cloister school of penitence, across those stones that pave the way to heaven, walk barefoot till my guilty soul be shriven, forgiven, cleansed, restored, made whole, healed. And then the angel is radiant with light, and he finds himself king once again, only when his servants come to him, he's kneeling on the floor in prayer. That's the season. That's Shrove Tuesday. So, two items for today. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Something in your life that you really enjoy, something to eat, somebody to talk to, something to read, something to look at, uh, a walk in nature, conversation with somebody. Do something today to remind you that God loves feasting, only we have something to be festive about. Uh, the season before Lent, you may know this, is sometimes called ordinary time. That doesn't mean that it's not special or it's dull or it's uninteresting. It comes from the word ordinal, to be numbered. It's the season where the Sabbaths, the Sundays, are numbered. The second Sunday in ordinary time, the third Sunday in ordinary time, because we are looking forward to when it gets to Advent and we remember that Jesus came and will come again. When we come to Lent and we remember that Jesus died and was resurrected and now we die with him and one day we will be resurrected. In other words, in ordinary time, we remember that death and sin and guilt and darkness, their days are numbered. And that's why we feast. And then uh, offer your soul on this Shrove Tuesday in confession and penance and absolution God, how do you want to change me? How do you want to meet me in Lent? 
one of the practices I will do in Lent, because I really want to love people more, is um, each day to spend some time reflecting on who was I with the day before, and what did I notice about them, and how might I pray for them, or maybe even do some act to help them, because I get so caught up in my own self, and my own agenda, and my own hurry. Um, that's a Lenten practice that I will do to help shrive my soul. Have a great Shrove Tuesday, and I will see you in ashes. Hey, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and click the bell so you never miss an episode. There are emails that go along with each video. If you'd like to receive those, you can let us know at becomenew.me slash subscribe.